Hey everyone, it's Candace from Dadism.com and thank you for tuning in to today's segment of Coffee with Candace. This is actually going to be a two-part series. It'll be short but sweet, but I wanted to just speak upon the topic of ghosting. For those of you who aren't familiar with ghosting and they're like, okay, what the hell is this? Is this a supernatural type of podcast? No. Ghosting is when somebody completely just ignores you. You don't know why, what happened. You're just kind of left with this thought of what kind of mysterious hocus pocus just happened or transpired. But ghosting in the workplace or in recruitment is a real thing and it goes both ways. So today's uh, segment will focus on when you're ghosted by a hiring manager or recruiter. And then the next one will focus on what happens when the candidate, such as yourself, may ghost that recruiter or hiring manager and what happens down the line. So ghosting, I am not a fan of, but I understand how it can happen. The first worst case scenario is, and I'll give a very broad example, is you have a position that opens up for a primary care physician. Great. You have applicants that apply, you screen the candidates, you screen the resumes and kind of check to make sure that somebody is a good and viable fit. Then all of a sudden you have somebody who is a pharmacy technician that applies for the job. They're clearly not going to have the background needed, the requirements, education in order to successfully fill and work that opportunity or just actually to be a doctor because they've not even gone through med school. So they are not going to be selected. And when recruiters have hundreds of resumes, which even for myself, I can find myself being swamped with hundreds, five, 600 resumes for one particular job. And that's not uncommon. But back to that recruiter who's looking for a physician, if the resume for a pharmacy technician comes through, odds are they're not going to reach out to them and talk them through a process or see what they have available. Because if they have a mission and that mission is to find a primary care physician, they may have only been given three days from a client, maybe one week to find that particular person before losing a contract or the ability to staff for that hospital or doctor's office or whatever it may be. It's nice if you can get a courtesy email saying, hey, we're not going to move forward with your application, but depending on the nature of it, it just may not happen. Um, And oftentimes I tell people, you have to look at those key requirements. If you're applying for a job and it says you must have a PhD and you must have five years as a general practitioner in the industry or worked in ER, Um, in the ER, you've never done any of that. And yet you feel, you know, confident enough to apply for it. You should also confidently know that you likely won't get selected because you didn't even match the core qualifications that they're looking for, the core requirements. So that's one reason you may get ghosted. So I always tell people don't apply for jobs that are so far from what you're capable of doing or what you've done that you know that you don't have a great odds. I do feel like sometimes people like to set themselves up for failure. They'll say, I applied to hundred jobs. You go look at the jobs they applied for. It's something like a VP of a particular service, like OSS or BSS, or they apply for the president of diversity and inclusion yet. They've never even worked in HR. They have never been in the midst of that. They've not even had the proper training for it. So make sure that if you're applying for jobs, within an industry that it falls in line with what you've done. I believe in transferable skills and that that, that's something that you can use in your favor. But if you've just never worked in that space before and you apply for an extremely high level role, don't expect the feedback. Don't even get mad if you don't get anything. 
and high five if you get a response from a recruiter explaining why you weren't selected. Then you have the next phase or a version of that and you apply for a job, you talk to a recruiter, you go through an interview process, you speak to the hiring managers, maybe you have multiple managers that you interview with. You go in person, you have a panel interview, or you do everything via Skype or on the phone. Either way, there's a lot of traction. You feel confident. You're starting to think, maybe I shouldn't apply for any more jobs because this really feels legit. This is the one. And then all of a sudden, silence, crickets. I'm not a fan of that, but I understand why it happens. Not that they're being completely silent or passing on you, but sometimes if you have an end client, and I'll just throw out a random company, let's, let's say Facebook, and they're looking for an engineer, and then they decide that they're going to do a budgeting piece, and they can't move forward just yet. So although initially everything started out with a sense of urgency, there may be something within a particular division or that particular group that says, hey, we need to halt and make sure that we can either for this candidate, that we have them in the budget, that we still need them. Maybe somebody internally can fill this role, but they don't necessarily let staff and company know, hey, that's what's going on. It's nice if we can get a heads up. Maybe they'll say something like, we still plan to fill this position, but it's going to be one to two months out. Can you keep the candidate warm or at least let them know so they can continue to apply for a job? Most companies won't say that because they want to keep you warm. So we do our due diligence to kind of keep you in the loop. Sometimes a client will never tell us what's going on. And then you have the recruiter and a higher um, recruitment manager, account executive being ghosted as well. So it goes both ways. So then we're trying to respond to a candidate to explain to them, hey, what's going on? I haven't heard back from the hiring manager. As soon as I hear something, I'll let you know. Now, most candidates oftentimes don't even believe that whenever we say it, because they'll keep calling and calling and calling when the story still hasn't changed. It's generally legit. We haven't heard back from the hiring manager to know exactly what's going on. We can offer the services of helping you to look and apply for other positions. And definitely, I know that I always encourage people to keep looking for new opportunities. As much as I would love to work with somebody, I tell them I am not going to stop them from making their bread and butter, from succeeding and doing whatever they need to do to be a success in their particular role or just in life. So if a hiring manager comes back two months down the line and says, hey, we really like John Smith, let's bring him on board. We're ready to do an offer. You know, there's a good 75% chance that John Smith isn't even available at this point in time. Um, And I would be a fool to try and keep somebody warm for so long if this is what they you know, if they were dependent on this particular role or finding a new job. Sometimes if you have somebody that's already working, they don't mind taking the time if they're taking more of a passive approach. It's okay. They're making money. They don't hate their job. They're okay where they're at. They're looking for the right opportunity. So if that right opportunity means that you have to wait two months out, then great. They will wait and then they'll take the job. And that happens often. But then there are also times where you can have a rift. You just don't know. So as a recruiter, the best thing that we can do is try and help you apply for other jobs. If I know internally that there is nothing else that I have that can align with what you do, I'm very much so happy to send your information over to other friends that I have that are hiring managers and account executives and directors uh, and recruiters from other agencies to see what they have. I'll give them a a thumbs up. I'll kind of give them a quick rundown about you and let them know, hey, you are fantastic. What jobs do you have? Please work with John Smith. I can guarantee you that you will enjoy working with him. P.
period. And if you can get on board somewhere else and it's through a friend, I'm just equally happy because truthfully, I want people to succeed and I want you to be the best version of yourself. Now, does everybody think that way? No, absolutely not. There are some people who will just legit ghost you. If you go to an interview and you didn't do well, they may not tell you that. And unfortunately, that's a character flaw. I believe that people should know what's going on in all steps. Sometimes that feedback from the interview is just as vital for you. You need to know maybe you were hunched over. Maybe you you know, were mumbling a little bit or you seemed so nervous that they weren't able to pick up if you were really excited about the opportunity. Maybe you came off arrogant and you were talking about your previous employer and bashing them. These are things where if I can get feedback, I'm going to let you know so you can correct it for the next round, even though it's going to be passing for this particular role. But I want you to be the best version of yourself. So this kind of sums up how ghosting happens in the staffing industry, or really, it's not even just staffing, it's anywhere you can apply to a job. So corporation, staffing, whatever it may be. But this is ghosting from a recruiter's point of view, or what happens and transpires, Stay tuned for part two, where we talk about why candidates ghost hiring managers and recruiters. So everybody makes mistakes sometimes, but at the end of the day, it's we've got to learn how to be better people and communicate best. So thanks for tuning in to Coffee with Candace. I'm Candace from Doubtism.com. Have a fantastic day.